0: Welcome to the St. Kernard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast where any nonsense will do. I'm host, Mike Russo and with me is... Stan Lund. Welcome back again, Stan, and may I wish you a Happy New Year.
1: Thank you. I wish you and your family a Happy New Year as well. And a Thank Happy you. New Year to all our listeners. I mean, it's still
0: 2022 where we are right now, but on the other side of the... Uh, other side of the whole thing, it's going to be 2023 when you guys listen to this. So, either way, happy happy 2023, Stan. Yep. Uh, I, I hope we have a good year. Um, we got that comic coming out. Hopefully, we hear more about the reboot. Um, we'll get some new merchandise, too, right? Possibly. And, yeah. I mean, come on, let's get that, um, the Diamond Select Darkwing action figure should come out. Come on, we haven't yep. heard a thing about it.
1: Uh, that Darkwing statue supposed to come out as well. That isn't even out yet. Okay. No. No, I haven't.
0: I haven't been following it. I didn't even know it wasn't out. Okay, so that's still got to come out. And uh, yeah, I've we've seen a few more covers for the Dynamite Comics, and I'm not loving it. But I think I've been pretty vocal about that so far, haven't I? Yeah. I think I've actually seen the worst one yet for like a, a variant for issue one he looks so Howard the Duck. It's not even funny. He's even got nostrils. <laughs> Just oh man, I hope what's inside the comic is better than some of these covers, man. I really hope. Oh, well, we all we
1: already know the art's better inside.
0: Yeah, I mean better, and in, in that it's at least it's on model. But let's see, you know how the story is. I mean that's got a, that's a big thing.
1: Oh yeah, um, the story is king.
0: I mean, we've seen we've seen covers for Issue 3. Uh, Bushroot is involved in some way. So at least we know we're going to see the Fearsome Five out of the gate. That's yeah, something. And seems, Morgana.
1: Yeah, it seems to me that every single issue is focusing on the specific Fearsome Five member. With Megavolt, Quackerjack, right. and Bushroot. I'm guessing Issue 4 will be Liquidator and Issue 5 will be Naked Duck.
0: Well, let's hope. Oh, you know, just a few more weeks. We'll, you know, wait and see how it goes. Again, I'm only going to buy one issue. I'm not going to go crazy because Dynamite's MO clearly is a billion different covers, and that's just not my thing. But yeah. uh, we'll see. And when it comes out, we will review it here um, as fast as we can. It'll come out. We'll review it quickly, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, yeah. But that's a few weeks into our future. Uh, for
1: today, Stan, what are we reviewing? We are reviewing episode two of Super DuckTales, Frozen Assets. Yep.
0: Uh, We have discussed the specifics of Super DuckTales already when it aired, who wrote it, who animated it. We don't really have to go into any of that again, do we? Um, Nope. Before we get into it, though, I want to apologize for something last week that I was wrong about and it was the order of events from the first act of the episode liquid Assets. yes after fenton leaves the trailer it does cut to scrooge going to talk to his real estate agent and after that scene after the commercial break then he wakes up in the mansion and fenton shows up that is the order i had it mixed up but i'm going to come to my defense about it and Hear me out. Maybe you'll agree with me, Stan, that this would make more sense. All right? You ready? Yeah. Okay, so to me, it makes no sense that the scene with Fenton and the trailer takes place at night, okay? The next scene would be Scrooge going to visit the real estate agent. That's in the daytime. We get a commercial break, and when we come back, Scrooge is waking up, and it's the next day. That's Three sequences across three days. That seems like a lot of time passed when it would have made more sense that he wakes up the next morning after Fenton goes to the trailer and then he goes to see his real estate agent. Yeah. That condenses things and logically it just flows better than to have two complete days go by. Right. That's where I get mixed up, because my mind thinks logically when the episode itself cl- clearly is not. So for years, I always, in my head was, Fenton leaves a trailer, and then it's the next morning and Scrooge wakes up. It implies yeah. that between Fenton leaving the trailer and Scrooge waking up, a whole day goes by where Fenton and Scrooge don't even interact, which seems like a weird gap in the story. Yeah. My guess is no one picked up on it because the commercial break kind of resets your brain and you don't think about it. But when you watch it without the commercial break, it's like you could have re the order of events to make it make more sense. So that's me coming to my defense. You were right. I was wrong. But at least I wasn't completely off in my own in my own way. Right. Do you, do you forgive me? <laughs> of course. All right. Um, so let's move on to part two, uh, Frozen Assets. And again, I know we talked about the writers and the animators of this episode. I definitely, one person I didn't really mention, maybe I mentioned him offhand, is uh, Ron Jones, the music composer for DuckTales, who I love his work on this show. Now, um, millennials listening to this podcast, if you guys are probably far more familiar with Ron Jones through Family Guy, he ah. has written all the incidental music for Family Guy. I mean, Walter—I believe the theme song was written by Walter Murphy, and he does like the songs, but Ron Jones does the background score.
1: Yeah, things like dun, 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 dun. every
0: establishing every every establishing shot of the house which is pretty much all Family Guy is. Joke, establishing shot. Joke, establishing shot. That's Family Guy in a nutshell at this point. It wasn't always like that, but that's what the show is now. Um, But if you only know Ron Jones through Family Guy, please watch DuckTales with an ear for the music. And DuckTales, I would say, definitely has the best scores of any Disney afternoon show. Sorry, Darkwing fans. Um, It's true. I really wish the DuckTales scores had gotten a standalone release. The movie did, which is nice. I have that. But I would love to have Ron Jones's scores of the episodes released officially somewhere. Um, yeah. Ron Jones himself put out a demo reel of his music from, from DuckTales, you can find it on YouTube. It's about 15 minutes worth of his scores. Not all of it's there, obviously, because he wrote a lot for DuckTales. But he went super theatrically for the show. Like, the stuff is really great on its own. And the best of it is really, really amazing. Like, I would start with Treasure of the Golden Suns. Like, his scores really complement that. Um, Super DuckTales, he's doing a lot of new stuff, which isn't quite as theatrical. I mean, he writes scores for Fenton and Gizmoduck, which sound very different from his first season Ducktail scores. It's pretty easy when you watch this, especially if you have as keen an ear for Ducktails as I do and you've watched it as much as I have. You can definitely tell when a new piece of music ends and an older one picks up because it's very different. I might even mention it when we get there. Um, but even his new stuff for Super DuckTales is really great. Um, Again, I wish his stuff got an official release. He's really fantastic. Uh, that said, I definitely wanted to give the man a shout out. I think he deserves it. Yeah. That All that said, let's pick up with Frozen Assets. You should probably guess by the title what happens in the episode. Um, Stan, why don't you pick us up where you left off last week? What's going on?
1: Uh, all right. So Fenton's being washed away with all of the money.
0: Don't you love Scrooge's? Scrooge's... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: Scrooge's line, come back here!
0: Um, How is he supposed to do that?
1: (laughs) I don't know.
0: Fenton, you get back here this instant with my money! It's like, yeah, okay, Fenton's just going to turn around and give it back. (laughs) Um, So what else is happening here?
1: Well, the Beagle Boys have uh, created a path for the water and the money to go.
0: Yeah, they're using sandbags, right?
1: Yep. And it all ends up in Mob Eagle's uh, front yard, I think. Yeah,
0: pretty much. It just, it basically surrounds her cabin and turns it into a lake of money. And, uh, you know, Big Time says, sorry, it isn't gift wrap, but it's a thought that counts. Uh, You know, she gives him a hug and then Fenton pops out of a pile of money. And uh, what's
1: the joke here? That Fenton's doing the what, what, what easy? (laughs) Watusi. Or Watusi.
0: Yeah, he pops out, he's all dizzy, and Mob um, Beagle says, what's that moron doing in my moolah? And Baggy goes, uh, the Watusi? Which, when I was a kid, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that was a dance. And you admitted to me you didn't know that was a dance just now either, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was apparently I looked up a popular 60s dance. I don't even know how it goes. Um yeah i guess guys writing ducktales in the 80s probably knew about 60s dances we wouldn't we were younger yeah so we cut back to the mansion and scrooge is in his worry room at this point we just
1: gotten bigger
0: the trench has gotten bigger and at this point it's about as high as his chest about
1: Uh, higher than that you can only see the top of his head i think i think that's a little bit later i think it's yeah i think you're right it's it's up to maybe
0: his waist or his chest. Um, the only time we see the nephews in this episode, correct, is, in the, is this one scene, right? I'm, oh, no, we see them later. Never mind, I'm wrong. I
1: was going to say, I'm not sure on that one.
0: No, we see that they're so insignificant in most of these episodes. I forget they're even in it half the time, you know? Yeah. Only in part four do they really factor in for, for anything significant. Um, And they say to Scrooge, you know, Fenton's trying his best, and Scrooge says, uh, the only thing that Dunderhead ever tries is my patience. And then Duckworth goes, announcing a dripping Dunderhead. Uh, I really love Duckworth. He's so great. Yeah. And um, so Fenton has, I think, the longest alliteration in the show. Um, Again, it beats anything Darkwing ever says. Um, He goes... Uh, boss, before you boot my backside to Boston, give me half a second to explain. Basically, your bucks are on budget, but according to my banana brand fakes bucks bucks products business brochure, your best bet is to freeze your assets. That's a lot of bees.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was a half minute to explain, and Scrooge and times him. Scrooge he checks, checks his watch. watch. Yeah,
0: he checks his watch. Yeah, and um, so Scrooge calls him out. He's like, you know, this from a man who thought liquid assets means dumping my money in a lake. And then Fent counters, well, if you don't want to freeze your assets, how about sort of lowering the temperature? And then what happens? Scrooge gets an idea, right, Sam? Yeah. What do they do?
1: Well, first off, I want to give a little credit to Scrooge's uh, line here, how he says that – Although Fenton's mind is in a cloud, a ray of brilliance occasionally shines through.
0: And Fenton goes, why do you think my mother calls me son? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fenton. Um, so uh, Scrooge says, we're going to meet, we're going to see some of my biggest fans. Yeah. And they leave. The, th- the, the five of them leave. Scrooge, Fenton, and the nephews leave. Um. Our next bit is the Beagle Boys enjoying the money. Yep. Um, they're making sandcastles, Mob Ma Eagle's sunning herself, um, Bouncer and Burger are jet skiing on the money. They're having a grand old time. Yeah. Until it starts to get cold. Oh, yeah. Very quickly. The water, the, the money water they're skiing on, ice is over, they crash into each other, and, uh, big time says it's bad enough, I've got Jack Frost nipping up my nose without you guys bloody in it. So they go inside um, to warm up a bit, and it turns out, why, Stan, did it suddenly get so cold all of a sudden?
1: Because Uncle Scrooge is using dry ice and industrial fans to cause winter in July.
0: Yep, and Scrooge, you know, compliments Fenton for the good idea, and then... Fenton's like, I'm full of ideas, and they always work, which is more than I can say about my mother, who once said, Fenton, don't get any more ideas. This trail is crowded enough already. <laughs> and they leave. In the middle of what he's saying, they just walk away from him. They don't even want to hear his garbage. <laughs> That's how done Scrooge is with him. Yeah. Um, so we get the one brief bit of Launchpad we're going to get, and we're not going to see him again after this till part four, but he does contribute in his own way. What does Launchpad do?
1: Well, he has a fleet of helicopters, and they're using a giant pair of ice tongs to lift the frozen lake of money out of there.
0: Don't you love the gag where when Scrooge first calls Launchpad on the walkie-talkie, Launchpad doesn't hear it because he's reading a comic book? Yeah. And Scrooge on the walkie says, put down that comic book.
1: Which caused him to actually rip it in half. Yeah, and bang his head on the cockpit.
0: And um, so it's all we're going to see of Launchpad. He's like, boy, talk about your cold, hard cash. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they carry a giant iceberg of money away. And, you know, that makes Ma Beagle pretty angry. And they play the Ride of the Valkyries music over the soundtrack when he lifts up the ice, which is from an older DuckTales episode featuring Vikings. So that actually tracks. Yeah. Uh, the Maid of the Myth was the episode where Vikings kidnap uh, Mrs. Beakley. That's where that music comes from. I always thought it came from this episode because it works so perfectly. Until so I watched the.
1: It's a lot older than that.
0: Of course, so, but Ron Jones composed that for that episode. But okay. yes, it's done. It's it's classic. We all know what that is. But yeah. that track was from that episode. So what happens next?
1: Well, they got Fenton using a jackhammer to try and free the money from the ice.
0: Right, And Scrooge has found a new mountain to put the money bin on. It's still on the tractor. He hasn't removed it. And there are story reasons for that. It it plays into it. But, like, Fenton gives coin by coin to each of the nephews who have
1: to run it up the mountain. That seems really tedious and exhausting. And they've gone through so much of it because they said there's only $243 to go out of, you know, billions.
0: Billions. Yeah. And one of the nephews goes, uh-huh. I'm glad uncle Scrooge found a mountain that's safe, but right now I prefer if it was in a valley. Yeah. Um, this is coming up. One of my favorite moments in the episode. I do want to point the music out again. There's this great saxophone solo during the scene. That's so freaking eighties. And I love it so much. Um, It it goes through the whole next scene. It's just really, really nice. And I wish I could isolate it and listen to it. It's just really great stuff. But Fenton calls Scrooge, tells him the money bin is full, but what did he do?
1: He used a very old shiny dime in a special case to make the call. He apparently (laughs) thought, The dime is for emergency phone calls.
0: But I'll pay you back.
1: Uh, uh, so yeah, what time did he you use? He so used, used, let's Scrooge's spell it out. N- number one dime.
0: Oh my god, that was a big mistake. Um, this is actually the last time in the until part five where Scrooge and Fenton actually talk to each other. So that's that's the end of that for now. The scene ends. With Scrooge threatening Fenton, tells him to get it back. He throws the phone on the ground, and on Fenton's end, the receiver blows up in his ear like a shotgun. Yeah. Great cartoon logic, and Fenton's like, I think he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, you think, Fenton? So Scrooge goes to see our favorite inventor. Who would that yep. be? Gyro Gear Loose. Voiced by Hal Smith. Um another voice actor who has left us and quite a while ago, too. I think he was one of the first of them to go. Because um, yeah. he was already pretty old when this episode was made. It's nice to see Gyro, though. Um, Scrooge wants a robot to guard the money bin. Um, initially, Gyro says no, because he has to finish a f- electronic flapjack flipper for the Spatula so the Convention. the National
1: Spatula Convention, yep. Uh,
0: the thing goes nuts, backed by some classic DuckTales music, and throws uh, pancakes everywhere so Gyro's like I can work on your robot after all but as Scrooge leaves what does he say he says make sure it doesn't let anyone near the bin that those words are gonna come back and haunt him yep it's I will say it's it really feels weird to go back to this Gyro after the 2017 Gyro cause my god are those characters so different from each other yeah uh, I do like Hal Smith's Gyro, although Jim Rash's Gyro is in a class of his own, honestly. He's a very funny right. character. Um, so this begins throughout the rest of this act. This long sequence, it, It's interrupted by another scene, but this the bulk of this episode is Fenton trying to get the dime back. Right. What he should have done is just waited by the um, the phone booth. That would have been the smart thing to do. I don't know why he didn't. But instead he goes to the phone company to get the dime. Yep. And the woman he talks to sounds like a sounds like an electronic operator. Which, which is which is a funny phone do. joke.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately one a lot of today's kids won't know. Welcome
0: to Duckburg telephone, please deposit ten cents, please. And it's the, no one's gonna get that now.
1: Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no,
0: it's gonna. Um, but by the time he got there, the money that was brought to the phone company is now being deposited at the bank, and yep. so Fenton runs to the bank. He gets there. It looks like he's gonna get it until what happens?
1: The Beagle Boys uh, show up. Uh, this is a hiccup.
0: <laughs> oh, it's stick up, you lunkhead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they and they steal one bag of dimes. Like, come on, guys, you could do better than that. Yeah. Um, okay, then we cut briefly back to the money bin, where I don't know who Gyro's giving the presentation for, because the only ones there are him and Scrooge. They even have music playing, which in the first season was the same music used for, like, assemblies and, like, presentations and, like, stuff like races and chase... And it's like, I don't know why they're playing it now, because there's no... And Gyro's even in front of a podium? Yeah. Who is he talking to?
1: (laughs) I don't know.
0: Anyway, he interrupts... He introduces, I should say, the new security
1: system. Tell us about the security system, Stan. So, it's a van that, in my opinion, kind of looks like the Magic School Bus, even though that came out after DuckTales. Right. Right. It's called the
0: GICU two. Yes, it's a tra- it's, the van transforms into the robot, um, yep. which its front tires become like machine guns on arms. Uh, it walks on its back legs on tires. It's a cool robot. Um, it also talks. Um, the DuckTales wiki says it was Hal Smith. I'll I'll believe what they say. Um, they would know, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Gyro, feeling very confident. Says the GICU2 is automatic, so we don't need the remote control anymore. So the robot blows up the remote control, and then Scrooge discovers he cannot go near the bin. Yeah. Uh, Because Gyro programmed the robot to not let anybody near the bin. So that sucks. Gyro, you're
1: smarter than that. (laughs) Gyro,
0: sometimes you're just too efficient. Thanks. (laughs) So he tells him to go home, build another robot, but make sure it has a brain. Yeah. Okay. Now we begin, the bulk of Act 2 is this long sequence of Fenton trying to get the dime back from the Beagle Boys. It plays like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Um, It's backed by, the entire sequence is backed by Fenton's theme music, which is basically a piano and a saxophone doing a bit of a call and response kind of thing, which is really fun if you really pay attention to it. Um, which it plays throughout the whole, like, five-minute sequence. It's great. Um, but it's it's divided into four scenes. What happens yeah. the first time Fenton tries to get the money back?
1: So the first time Ma is cooking a recipe from bu- better cell blocks and gardens.
0: Slammer sirloin stew. If you pay attention, the Beagle Boys are eating out of dog bowls. <laughs>
1: But yeah, Ma's not happy with her bag of dimes.
0: Yeah, it's a poor excuse, considering they lost the money, Ben.
1: Yeah. But scheme number one of Fenton's is posing as a neighbor to borrow a proverbial cup of sugar and dimes.
0: Yeah, um, it works, and it works for now. They humor him until he asks about the dimes. Yeah. They know who this guy is. He's not fooling them, but they're willing to let it go until he asks for the money. Yeah, and once,
1: once he does, he gets a knuckle sandwich, and they tell him if he comes back, he'll get a pound take.
0: Right. And I want to mention, and you pointed it out too before you recorded, that some of this dialogue in and one piece of animation in the episodes differ from what was in the TV movie. In the episodes as filmed, after they throw him out the first time, Fenton says what? Of course, you know, this means a skirmish. Which is a, a take on the thing, you know, what Bugs Bunny would say. Of course, you realize this means war. Well, Dabby for some Duck. Daffy would say that. Bugs would say it, too. Um,
1: okay, I didn't for, know Bugs for, ever said that.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, for some reason, on the TV movie version, they change it to OK. So they're looking for a skirmish, which doesn't match his mouth movements. I don't know why they changed it. But there you go. What is scheme number two?
1: Scheme number two, he disguises himself as Bermuda Beagle, who's been supposedly lost in the Bermuda Triangle for 20 years.
0: Right. So he's got um he's got shorts. He's got a ripped up shirt. He's got um, sunglasses. He's got a beagle nose on his beak. He does have prison numbers that just say one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> five, two, one, two, three, four, five. This actually works at first.
1: The Beagle Boys themselves are fooled by it. Um, Even Law, she doesn't remember some name Bermuda, but she's got more boys than the Toad has warts.
0: Baggy, the stupidest of them, actually catches on a little bit. He's like, we didn't live here 25 years ago. And Fenton covers pretty quick. And he's like, let's play hide and seek. He goes, "Um, heads I win, tails you lose. Which, think about Anybody that one for a a second. Flip? Yeah, Anyone wow. got a dime I can use? Then, then Ma finally figures it out. Because she goes through a family photo. We see a brief glimpse of it, but it's a very funny drawing of her in a very, like, matronly outfit, but it's all prison stripes, surrounded by all of her children. All the main Beagle Boys are there. You can see them all and, like, other unnamed characters. But if you look really closely, they're in jail and you see barbed wire behind them and a guard tower with guards with shotguns. What yeah. a lovely family photo. <laughs> um, so she says, no Bermuda. He tries to argue that he was adopted, but that doesn't work. They kick him out again. What is yeah. scheme three?
1: He vent- disguises himself as a vending machine.
0: He is absolutely playing on Burger Beagle's appetite, which, that again, this almost works. Until Berger goes to get Ma to get some money. I love the shot where she looks down and just sees his feet sticking out of the vending machine. Yeah. And it's like, how did Berger not realize that? <laughs> so she says to Berger, you know, sorry, this machine doesn't take dimes. It only works with what? Slugs. And what does she do? She beats up Fenton in the costume. Fenton, you know, staggers away and he goes right in the goobers and probably because it was a little suggestive that that was not in the tv movie version standard and practices probably had a problem with it since that was like ne- it was a network network station you know nbc whereas in syndication it was just going to go wherever wherever station picked it up my area it was like channel 11 whatever Channel 5, I don't know, was syndicated, though. Someone probably said, nah, right in the goobers, that's that's a groin joke, isn't it? So that was gone. Um, So he tries one more scheme. What's the last scheme?
1: He disguises himself as the tooth fairy, and he's willing to trade a bag of teeth for dimes. And again, it almost works,
0: because Baggy Beagle is that stupid. It almost, almost works. Uh, But big time is too smart for it. And once again, Fenton gets beaten up. Yep. Okay, so commercial break. We cut back to the mansion. Now we finally see how deep this trench is in the worry room.
1: Yeah, now you can only see the top of his hat.
0: Yeah, and Duckworth goes, I know you're in a rut, sir, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. And the phone rings, it's gyro, tells him the you-know-what is ready. And I know I mentioned it before, but just viscerally, the sight of the gizmo duck suit, it gives me chills. Because I love love the crap out of this thing. I've always loved, from day one. You know, there are sometimes, there are things that just trigger something in you. You know what I mean? Just visually, it's something that's just, you can't explain why you like something, just on a visual level. And I know yeah. you understand that, as a fellow nerd, there are just oh, things yeah. that trigger something. And the Gizmo Duck suit triggers me. I just there's something with the way it's designed. It's just even with nobody in it, it just fades into the into the suit on Gyro's workshop table, and already I'm like ooh, and like the the classic Ducktales music is playing, and it re- it just everything is perfect. It's like the writers of the show knew they had this great character, and the build-up is really fantastic. Um, So Gyro says, you know, it's a suit of armor with incredible strength and firepower. I call it Gizmoduck. And I love this. It's fireproof, bulletproof, and knuckleproof, which is so fantastic.
1: Yeah, especially Um, for the beat-up Fenton who's overhearing this.
0: Oh, Fenton looks like hell. Yeah. And, and Gyro says, you know, um, you wanted a robot with a brain, and Scrooge said, we'll hire someone, but we have to make sure this suit doesn't fall into the wrong hands. And Gyro mentions the code word, and Scrooge says, great, any nonsense will do. Yeah. So Gyro flips through a dictionary, and what word does he land
1: on? Well, he looks up the definition of nonsense, and it has a couple different ones, but the third one catches his eye, which is blathersky.
0: Well, that sounds like a word nobody uses.
1: Except we all know somebody who's used it multiple times in the first two parts.
0: But Fenton hasn't heard this, because he's outside triggering Gyro's aerial popcorn and fireworks display to get him out of his barn. Yep. Interesting, interesting invention. I don't know how you would use that. Um, well, Driver apparently just looked,
1: he has, I was going to say, he has a butter and salt rocket to go with it.
0: Yeah. Um, I wonder if this was our invention in 2017, how that would have turned evil. Yeah. <laughs> so Fenton sneaks into the barn and tries to put the, uh, the suit on. He puts the wheel on top of his head, tries to get the feet into one of the arms realizes he can't do it, and as he walks away, what does he say?
1: Blather and blatherskite.
0: And the robot parts spring to life, start to, like, you know, glow and crackle with energy, and then what happens to poor Fenton Crackshell?
1: Well, they, they start flying onto his body, and he utters the phrase, I'm being canned like a tuna!
0: Okay, so this is really interesting, more so than the change dialogue, which we can point to standards and practices. In this sequence, as I originally saw it on Easter Sunday, the suit goes on to him, and that's all you see. The suit just attaches itself to Fenton, and he's done. He says a lot about the tuna, but that's it. The episodic version in Syndication, when he says that, for like maybe two seconds, a can of tuna on, against a blank screen flashes for like two, three seconds. Yep. And And that's it. And I have a million questions. Actually, I have one question. One main question. What came first? Was it originally supposed to just be the dialogue and no visual? Or was there always a tuna can and they removed it for the TV movie version? This is a serious chicken and egg question. I want to know.
1: Well, unfortunately, to quote the uh, Tootsie Roll pop commercials, the world may never know.
0: I will say the flash of the tuna can interrupts the flow of the animation. I like it better without it. But obviously, the tuna can part is more easily accessible unless you have a copy of that one airing. Right. Right. I don't I don't I don't love it because it ruins what should be a very big moment of him getting in the suit for the first time. But it is what it is. The thing is 33 years old. You can't change it now. Um, I do love the shot where he looks at himself in the mirror. Um, He is Gizmoduck now. Um, So Fenton, so Gyro comes in, asks who he is and what does Fenton say?
1: He says Scrooge hired him, which he's not wrong. Scrooge did hire Fenton.
0: Yeah. Um, He's not good at the controls. He drives backwards through the wall, and Gyro gives him the instruction book to use.
1: Yeah. I love Fenton's uh, quote about the suit. 200 pounds of romping, stomping, bombs, and destruction.
0: I love how Fenton disappears into this persona. Unlike Darkwing, who's, like, the same, whatever. He looks the same, whether he's Drake or Darkwing. The visor covers up enough of his beak that you can't really tell it's his face. Right. And he totally disguises his voice. Like, it's... Camp is doing a different voice. Yeah. And he disappears into this persona. And that's just... He becomes two separate characters. And I love that about him. Um, Another thing I love is... This is the last time I'll mention... um, ron jones's music gizmoduck has a really great p- theme i just i it's just it goes it's like dun, dun 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 it's like really heroic and it's gonna play a lot during the next the next few parts it's really cool stuff yeah. um okay so um big climax is coming up stan what happens next
1: so we're back at Ma Beagle's. Yep. The Beagle Boys have apparently stolen her favorite perfume for her, Cell Block Number Five, which <laughs> probably is a reference to Chanel Number Five.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And then Gizmo makes his heroic triumphant entrance.
0: Yup. Big Time goes, "Who sent you? That wimpy guy has been bugging us all day." He's like, "Who me?" Uh, Yeah, he goes, I'm Gizmoduck And then Big Time says, yeah, well, duck this So what does he throw at him? A bomb Okay, so this shot of the bomb rolling up to Gizmoduck and exploding Is my favorite shot in the entire five parts of this thing My single favorite
1: shot And it must have been someone else's favorite shot Because that's one of the shots that makes it into the openings
0: Not just that, when this aired on The Wonderful World of Disney and they show a bunch of clips of different movies they have shown on that program, this clip made it in. Nice. The clip of him getting blown up with the bomb was part of the intro to The Wonderful World of Disney. So somebody really loved this shot. Um, I think it's amazing. The explosion animation is great. And I love how Gizmoduck just stands there and watches the bomb roll towards it with no expression. It's, like, it's so fantastic. And, like, when the smoke clears, all the trees are stripped of their leaves. But Gizmoduck is fine. Yep. And the Beagle Boys are laughing until they see, like, uh uh-oh, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. And they make a getaway in Ma Beagle's jalopy. Yep. So we get a big chase sequence, um... Take it, Stan. How does this tell us about the chase?
1: Well, they first go onto the freeway and then into a building, onto an elevator, or at least a car goes on the elevator. Gizmoduck has to take the stairs. Hub 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 hub. They go down the hallway, and I love this little bit of one person's like, "Hey," and they're like, "Don't like our driving. Stay out of the hallway."
0: Oh yeah, she almost mows down some maids and bellboys. As she's flying down the hallway. Um, Gizmodok fires his Midrith missiles, which um, the new Gizmodok actually has Midrith missiles. I forgot which episode, but he does have those. Um, But he's going through the instruction book because he doesn't know how the the suit works. Right. Uh, What happens next?
1: Well, his missiles, unfortunately, blow an exit hole for the Beagle's jalopy. So the chase continues onto the rooftops with Gizmoduck falling off the roof. You know, he tries to use his helmet copter, but instead gets an umbrella.
0: Which isn't going to support his weight.
1: Right. Luckily for him, he crashes into the backseat of the Beagle's jalopy.
0: But when they go to throw him out...
1: Yeah, when they do that, unluckily for him, he drops his instruction manual in their car. Yup. Yup.
0: Um, but luckily he's smart enough to play on one particular Beagle's weakness.
1: Yep, and uh, it's the same Beagle who is almost let all of the other scenes work.
0: Yeah, he's, Burger Beagle is their biggest liability. As dumb as Baggy is, Burger is worse. Because um, they go, they, they pass a drive through with a mascot who looks very much like Mickey Mouse. I don't know if you noticed that.
1: Um, I did not.
0: He starts whining and crying that he wants some burgers and he's hungry and he cries and, you know, he's a big spoiled brat. Um, as they're circling the fast food joint, I don't know why they are, they bump into Gizmo Duck who crashes into the, the voice box for the order, for, you know, for the take for the drive through and a little yeah. hat falls on his head. So, Burger jumps out of the jalopy with the bag of dimes and places an order. Did you happen to write
1: down all the things he ordered? Yes, I did. Okay, please tell us what he orders. Seven silly meals, 14 bags of crinkle fries, 23 root and toot and root beers, root beer floats, and one diet cola.
0: So I I, see, I'm not going to insult anybody. I'm a little overweight myself, so whatever. But it's a classic fat guy joke. You order a million fattening things and you finish it off with a diet cola. Like that is going to matter. Um, I can chuckle at it because I can laugh at myself um, because I eat a lot of fast food. So, you know, Burger, me and him do have something in common. Um, I'm not as stupid as he is, though, because (laughs) Gizmodo goes, that'll be a large bag of dime, please. And I almost feel bad for Burger. the shot of him holding up the bag. He looks so innocent and sincere, like a little kid, like here, can I have my food? I actually kind of feel bad for him.
1: Uh, Yeah, because, you know, he's not getting anything in return.
0: Yeah, so Gizmoduck takes the money, puts the little mascot hat on him and goes, thanks, sucker, and drives away.
1: On the boss Um, side, at least he didn't get thrown
0: in jail yet. Nope. Um, And we know that at the very least, Gizmoduck, on an even playing field at least, he can beat the Beagle Boys. It's not hard. Um, It will get harder for him. But for now, we know he could beat them in a fair fight. So as our episode wraps up, daylight's coming up. We cut back to the money bin. Scrooge is there in a bunker with a heart, with um you know a hat um what, what kind of hat is it? a military hat on, um yep. fretting over the fretting over not being able to get to his money bin, and then what
1: happens? Well, Gizmoduck shows up and gives Scrooge back his dime. Yep. Of course, Scrooge doesn't realize that that's Fenton in there yet. But he
0: slams Fenton right in front of him. Yeah. Because that's that's part of the arc of Fenton in this episode, the fact that he's got to win Scrooge's approval. But for now, Scrooge is bad-mouthing him right to his face and doesn't even realize it. So that is right. demoralizing. It, Fenton has a lot to deal with, regardless of being a superhero, because he knows His self-worth is still tied to who he is, and for now, his boss thinks he's terrible. Yep. But his job seems pretty simple. Put the dime back in the money bin. That he can do, right?
1: If not for the GICU2. Yep. Throws some missiles at him and
0: chases Gizmoduck back into the bunker, and Gizmoduck's like, well, maybe there's a little problem. And we get to be continued. Of course, we get a very brief next time on DuckTales bumper. Um, yep. So we'll discuss that next week when we talk about part three. Um, full Metal Duck. We'll talk about what that references next week. Yeah. And if you couldn't already tell, it's pretty obvious. Um,
1: so, I yeah, get it.
0: we cover a lot of ground here. A lot of ground, from the Burst Dam all the way to Gizmoduck. That is a lot of ground covered in this episode. Um, yeah. We're going to slow down a bit in the next episode in terms of plot, but we, a, we got a lot done here. So why don't we rate the episode? How many dimes are you giving Frozen Assets?
1: I'm going to give Frozen Assets five. Okay. Why is that? Well, it's the birth of Duck. Yep. You know, and we see how Fenton, you know, he tries and fails so many times as himself. And then once he gets the suit, you know, he's almost unstoppable in this episode.
0: So you're giving it 50 cents. Yep. Last week, I gave liquid assets 40 cents. I'm going to go up a little bit to four and a half dimes, So 45 cents. Like I said, each episode does get bigger. Uh, yep. This again is the birth of Gizmo Duck. Uh, I do really love the sequences in the second act with him trying to get the dimes back from the Beagle Boys. That's just some funny slapstick stuff. Um, the fight with the Beagle Boys and the Jalopy is great too. But I do think what's coming up in the next episode is even better. So I want to build yeah. to what's going to eventually be a higher score. Um, so, four and a half. 45 cents is my score for this one. All right. So I guess we are good
1: for now. Um, Yeah, we don't really have a villain so much to rate. I mean, there's one we could do, but I kind of want to save him for the next episode. Yeah,
0: And we'll, you know what? We'll save that for the next one. We'll do the Beagle Boys after that. And there's a villain in part five we'll handle then yeah so we we have one more week without a without a villain to rate, but we'll catch you next week with one of those um yeah. so i guess we're done for tonight uh we are the saint files a Darkwing duck podcast you can find us on all podcast apps if you wherever you listen to them we're on it or youtube we're on youtube as well of course and stan do you have any shout outs or, or anything you want to plug of course
1: I'll plug my two YouTube channels, DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming. I don't have any shout-outs for today, though. No,
0: I have one. I'm not going to say who it is, Um, but somebody found out we were doing these episodes and asked to come back to be on one of them. So we won't say who it is. All I'm going to say is it's maybe the color of Scrooge's number one dime. Maybe take that that and try to figure out who that is. Okay. Um, I know people have been waiting for this person to come back, and this person wants to come back for an episode, so that's exciting. Yeah. But uh, I guess until next week, guys, everybody have a really happy new year. Um, enjoy 2023 hopefully it's a good one let's keep our fingers crossed not just for darkwing stuff just for everything you know yeah and um until next week folks everybody
1: stay dangerous stay dangerous and protect your bag of dimes. yep good night folks